If you're a regular listener, you've heard me share my list of top 10 biohacks. Let's talk about number nine, fun hacks for the bulletproof mind. It may sound weird, but hanging upside down is a great way to hack your brain. Regularly inverting trains your brain capillaries, making them stronger and more capable to bring oxygen to your brain. It's pretty straightforward. More oxygen in the brain means better performance. I get my daily stretch and my dose of oxygen with my teeter inversion table, which is so essential for optimum focus, concentration, and mental energy. That full body stretch elongates the spine and takes the pressure off the discs so they can plump back up. Less pressure means less pain. If you have back pain, even if you've been lucky enough to avoid it so far, you really want a teeter to invert every day to keep your back and joints feeling great. For over 35 years, Teeter has set the standard for quality inversion equipment you can trust. My friends over at Teeter have decided to show some love to Bulletproof listeners. For a limited time, you can get the Teeter inversion table with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots so you can invert at home or take the boots with you to the gym. To get this deal, which is a savings of over 138 bucks, go to getteeter.com bulletproof. You'll also get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee and free returns, so there's absolutely no risk you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the Teeter with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots by going to getteeter.com slash bulletproof. G-E-T-T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash bulletproof. Check it out. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. For 25 years, I've had a strong passion for understanding the science behind why we age and what we can do about it. One of the most groundbreaking discoveries in the last two decades is senolytics. Senolytics are plant-derived or pharmaceutical ingredients that can help your body drop old, worn-out cells. Scientists call them senescent cells, and in my books, I call them zombie cells. As you age, those senescent cells build up in your body. They live for a long time, and they eat up your energy. There is a hack for this. It's called Qualia Synolytic. Your podcast sponsor, Neurohacker Collective, created Qualia Synolytic. It eliminates those zombie cells and has a clinical study that supports its effectiveness. I really felt a difference in how my body moved after just a couple months on Qualia Synolytic. It's upped my energy level even more, and my joints feel really good. If you're over 30 and you want to use a clinically tested formula to help you feel younger, try Qualia Synolytic. To get younger now, visit neurohacker.com Dave and try it risk-free for up to 100 days. Use code Dave at checkout to get 15%. That's neurohacker.com Dave. Use code Dave. When you hear someone talk about blood sugar, you might zone out. That's because a lot of us think that it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic that everyone should understand. If you want to feel good and have energy, you need to balance your blood sugar. Research shows that even healthy people have wild swings in their blood sugar right after they eat, and spikes in blood sugar make your pancreas work harder. They also make you older, and they put you at a greater risk for weight gain, heart attack, and stroke. Here's why I'm talking about this. Bioptimizers has a new product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. You take two capsules 15 minutes before a meal. Your body will push carbs and glucose into your muscles for use as fuel instead of fat. That means you get stable energy and you don't have that post-meal crash. Better yet, you can improve your workouts and get better gains at the gym. But the biggest benefit is that it'll improve your overall health. Just go to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health slash Dave for an exclusive 10% off. 
You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that of the 206 bones in your body, 106 of them are in your hands and feet. And today we are going to be talking about all sorts of orthopedic things, but more importantly, we're going to be talking about stem cells. In fact, just about everything you wanted to know about stem cells, because today's guest is Dr. Harry Adelson. Harry is a friend, and he did uh, some major stem cell work on me, pretty much every site of injury about a year ago, and he spoke at the Bulletproof Conference about this in uh, 2016, and he'll be coming back to the stage in 2017 to share more. And Harry's had a pretty tumultuous year, because in addition to continuing to run his, his clinic, he had a major stroke, and you would not know he had a major stroke. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about radical healing. We're going to talk about new research that he's, uh, he's recently uh, written and just give you a good grounding in what are stem cells, what can they do for you, how much are they going to cost, and help you understand why this is uh, I, what I believe is, is a sea change in your ability to make your body do what you want it to do. So, Harry, welcome back to Bulletproof Radio. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, and I'm glad we had such a good outcome with you, with your low back pain and your knee pain and your shoulder. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. So, I came in, and I have these chronic injuries. I've had three knee surgeries before I was 23. I have a screw in my knee and lots of other injuries. I had a, a thing in my shoulder that had been bothering me for a long time, uh, some upper cervical, like upper back pain that probably was even the beginning of arthritis that was largely caused by not knowing I was nightshade sensitive, as well as just some injuries, low back pain. So Harry went through, took out stem cells from my bone marrow and from my fat, and basically put them all over the place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was, a, it was like a full day of injections mm -hmm. using, uh, uh, using a 3D x-ray machine to make sure the needles were there. We're, we're sitting in front of it. If you watch on YouTube, uh, bulletproof.com slash YouTube, you can see some of the, mm -hmm. the stuff we're doing. We're, we're scrubs, like we're looking all medical here. And it's, it, it, was, it was pretty interesting because even within a couple of days, my pain levels were down. Mm -hmm. You also treated my wife, mm -hmm. Lana. She had similar experiences. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was definitely a really positive experience because I don't have pain in those areas anymore. That's which, great. Which is, which is, I think, something that you would expect. You see this in a lot yeah. of your patients. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, there's the field of orthopedic medicine. And in orthopedic medicine, there are things wrong with your anatomy. So if you do an MRI, if you do an X-ray, you can actually see stuff in the gross anatomy that's gone wrong. The issue is most of chronic pain happens on the microscopic level. When you move into the area of, so if you have a, a if you've ruptured your bicep, for instance, that's obviously that's the yeah. problem and that needs to be surgically repaired. But when you move into like chronic low back pain, somebody's had back pain for 10, 20, 30 years, somebody's had you know any pain anywhere in the body, really, sometimes you'll find stuff wrong with the MRI, but frequently you won't. And really, where the pain is coming from is from the microscopic level. There's two main things that happen. The collagen matrix becomes irregular. So now the miracle fabric that is your connective tissue loses mm -hmm. its miracle properties. Second of all, you grow these new blood vessels that are irregular and abnormal blood vessels. 
So even though you have a higher concentration of blood vessels and thereby every time you grow a new blood vessel, you grow a new sensory nerve, they, your ability to bring oxygen to the area and bring carbon dioxide away actually becomes diminished because there's all these little dead ends. So a lot of the pain of chronic pain is actually hypoxic pain. So when yes. you said you got injected all over, that's exactly right. When we're treating a low back, we're not just trying to identify the one single structure that is the problem, which is the mm -hmm. trap that we fall into with conventional medicine. Really, the problem is these entire tissue beds. So when we bring stem cells to the entire tissue beds, we grow healthy new uh, blood vessels. We help grow nice, even collagen fibers and restore health to the tissue. You talked about hypoxic there, and some people may not know what that means. That just means you're not getting enough oxygen mm -hmm. there. And in Headstrong, I read about pseudo-hypoxia which is something that happens when your mitochondria don't work very well, you actually get local pockets where there just isn't enough oxygen, and then that makes the problem even worse, which contributes to pain. Mm -hmm. So what, what's going on here is when you inject stem cells, mitochondrial function improves? Is that a part of it? Because you have new cells with new mitochondria? When you, everything improves. Okay. I mean, when you bring oxygen to the area, then everything improves. So. Uh, you know, there's what's happening on the cellular level, and then I focus mainly what's happening on the interstitial level, which okay. is the connective tissue between the cells. Um, so that's where most of my knowledge is. And that's probably mostly collagen then. Largely yeah. collagen. And, and clearly, I've been eating collagen for a long time because mm -hmm. I manufacture the mm -hmm. <laughs> big grass-fed collagen product. Mm -hmm. Is eating collagen important for healing? Oh, absolutely. Well, a, a balanced diet is, is critical, of course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what the heck is a balanced diet? You know, I think that for different people, it means different things. Okay. And, I th and I think everybody just has to sort of experiment which, with what works for them. But let's, you know, have a brain, you know, diet soda. It needs to become banned. I mean, it's, it is it's absolute poison. This, and the whole yeah. concept of it being diet. I mean, that's just <laughs> such a travesty that, that they're even allowed to use that word because it's been proven that diet soda makes you fat. It's and, the best marketing ever. Oh, you sell something to someone that does the opposite of what it's supposed to do, so they'll do it more. And it's evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's, Yeah, diet soda should be just taken off the market tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can do things with stevia and all that. You, you can have a zero sugar, but it doesn't mean it's diet. It just means it has no sugar in it, right? Yeah, you know, so much of what I see with people with chronic pain is that they haven't even had that many injuries or that many, you know, that much overuse. It's just they put such poor nutrition into their body that their joints disintegrate. Yeah. I had a very, I treated your parents yesterday, mm -hmm. had a very interesting conversation with your dad about pesticides. He has mm -hmm. a lot of interest in that. And, you know, Roundup needs to be banned. I mean, Amen, what, brother. Like, it's just, it's time. It's time. Five billion pounds a year. And it, it's a mitochondrial poison. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote a lot about that mm -hmm. in, uh, in Headstrong as well because mm -hmm. you look at what it does, the gly part of glyphosate is glycine. And what's the number one amino acid in your collagen? Mm -hmm. It's glycine. So this poison can actually go in when your body's trying to make healthy collagen, and it'll make collagen that incorporates a pesticide instead of the mm -hmm. right amino acid. And no wonder you get a regular collagen, no wonder you get pain. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. like, like if there was a death penalty for a company, it's hard to kill companies, but... Uh, well, especially that one. Yeah, I know. But that one needs the death penalty. We should, we should literally seize all of their assets and use it to repair the damage they've done to the world. You hear that? We're looking at you. <laughs> all right. 
let's get back to stem cells. Unless, do you ever mix a little bit of Roundup into the stem cells just to piss them <laughs> off before you inject them? Uh, no, I've never, no one's ever pissed me off at, at, at all. No, no, I'm just to piss off the stem cells so they'll be more aggressive. Oh, um, yeah, that, that's not the kind of counter-irritation we're looking for. No. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's one of those things where if your chronic pain comes from chemical mm-hmm. exposure, though, which certainly a lot of mine did from toxic mold exposure, mm-hmm. and a lot of people with chronic fatigue, fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, that's the root cause, is a poisoning of the tissues. Mm-hmm. Do, does stem cells work for those kind of things? I don't think that's ever been formally researched, okay. and, I don't, um, and I don't know the answer to that. I can tell you that every time we do a stem cell treatment, so mostly what we do here, as we discussed in the last podcast, yeah. as we discussed at the conference, we're going to discuss again at the conference, we take stem cells from your bone marrow, from your fat, combine them, then inject them into whatever the, the damaged structure is. So whether it's intervertebral discs, whether it's a joint, whether it's you know a tendon. But additionally, we take some of the stem cells from your fat and give it intravenously in yep. every single patient, even if they're- I, yeah, I had some go. right here yesterday. <laughs> That's right. So even if you're just coming in for arthritis mm-hmm. of the knees, we go ahead and give some intravenously. And I have had people tell me all kinds of stuff that we they did they hadn't even told me about my exercise induced asthma is better. This is I mean it's it's astounding to me what people come back to me and say has improved. My brother-in-law had intravenous stem cells and he had a, a life-threatening heart valve issue that spontaneously reversed mm-hmm. itself, which has never happened. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. You have to have surgery and like mm-hmm. well you have no symptom of this anymore. Just. Just healing, that, that doesn't make any sense, except it does. <laughs> and I'm treating your brother-in-law in two weeks for his desiccated disc. He has a dehydrated lumbar disc, which yes. is very painful to him. He and did it uh, shearing sheep, wasn't that it? it was was sheep, that how he did it? It was a, sheep, it was a hurt, sheep herding injury. He was a pro motorcycle racer, too. So he's, mm-hmm. he's been life flighted out and mm-hmm. things like that. So I'm sure that you're going to have lots of needles mm-hmm. to stick in him mm-hmm. in various places. But the, let's, let's talk about disc, because you just mm-hmm. wrote a paper and published a new research on specifically discs, right? Yeah, so a big part of what we do is treating the low back pain and yeah. neck pain. But mm-hmm. um, of the cases of low back pain, something that we see frequently here in this clinic is young people, you know, starting in their early 20s uh, on up, but I mean, it can be young, healthy, athletic people with midline pain worse bending forward. So they've you know had a lifetime of athletics and mm-hmm. then they do this one sort of, you know, a common one is the popular CrossFit exercise of uh, deadlifts combined with box jumping. And they do that and then it puts them to the floor and then that just totally changes their lives. Then we get an MRI and we look at the T2 weighting and we see their discs are white, 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 black. Or, so or the dark disc gray. Is just damaged. Dehydrated, completely dehydrated. So the level of whiteness represents the level of hydration. So when it's black, it means that disc is dehydrated. Now, what's interesting is when you look at the radiology report, if it's from Scripps or Mayo Clinic or one of the real high-end radiology centers, they mention that that disc is desiccated. But more than half of the radiology reports that I see from the less than the most high-end radiologists don't even bother mentioning it. I mean, wow. this, it is so obvious. Wow. It's, like, it's like someone turned the Christmas tree off. It's that obvious, and they don't even bother mentioning it. And the reason is because most surgeons don't really care. It doesn't really register into their thinking. So 
To me, that is the single most important finding in an MRI. I mean, if their disc is exploded into the spinal <laughs> canal, that's important too. But a black disc, a dehydrated disc, is something that conventional medicine has, other than fusion, has really nothing to offer. And that is a condition for which stem cells functions beautifully. So you mentioned the paper I published in The Pain Practitioner, which is the publication of the American Academy of Pain Management. Cool. And I did a survey. Um, we, we took a period of time. We, called, we found 30 people that we had done disc injections with stem cells. So this is bone marrow and adipose stem okay. cells combined. And from the person, it's their own stem cells. From their own okay. stem cells. We injected them into, their, into the black disc, into the desiccated disc, the dehydrated disc. We would do epidurals, put stem cells up into the, uh, the spinal canal. And then we would do all the ligaments of the back and the sacroiliac ligament, iliolumbar ligament. Of the 30 people we surveyed, we called them one year later. So this is 12 months after the intervention. We had one person who didn't have any improvement at all. He wasn't any worse, but he wasn't any better. Okay. So that's 0.3%. Uh, or wow. I'm sorry, no. 3%. Yeah, 3%. Thank you. Um, then uh, we had five people who had 50% improvement. We had four people who had 100% improvement, and then everyone else fell somewhere in between. The average improvement was 77.5%. So this is, not a, this is not a major publication. This is not a major mm -hmm. journal. It, it didn't have an IRB approval. I mean, there were certain things that we didn't well, do, but it's my clinical experience, and, <laughs> well, and the, we're, we're having good success. The highest that. form of evidence, it, there's seven different kinds of evidence, and the highest form of evidence is not a double-blind trial. That's only if you're a science troll. The highest form of evidence is I'm in clinical practice and this works and it works reliably most of the time. You will see more as a physician and knowing thousands of physicians, like they are the people doing the cutting edge stuff. And every time someone says that can't work because there's no double blind trial, they're actually making humanity weaker. Well, and just because it hasn't been scientifically proven doesn't mean it's been disproven. Exactly. So, you know. Right. And, and so I, I hear people, quite often frustrated physicians saying, like, this works. I, I've yeah. done it for 40 years. It's changed thousands of lives, but no one believes it works. Yeah. And they're just kind of at their wits end. Well, so contempt, in this case. Contempt prior to investigation condemns you to yeah. eternal ignorance. And so there you go. Great, great quote. Now... You've definitely, you noticed this effect and you've been focusing on treating pain and treating joints and all this. And certainly my knee is tighter than it was. Uh, and I think the stem cells worked better. Meaning more stable. Yeah, more stable. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, not tight in a bad way, but mm -hmm. just my, my kneecaps were mm -hmm. hypermobile. And 13 years of soccer when you're mm -hmm. obese will sort of do that to you. And I, I'd had PRP injected in it before and I had a moderate effect from that, but the stem cells were much stronger. When... You're dealing with, uh, with patients with uh, uh, doing stem cells and you do them intravenously. What else happens with an intravenous infusion? Well, I've never really, I've never, re I've never looked formally, but okay. I can tell you that I've had lots of people tell us. I mean, theoretically, I can tell you it gives you a systemic boost. The, the way stem cells function, you know, we have stem cells in every connective tissue in our body, and their job is to maintain the health of their microenvironment. Mm -hmm. So when they're in their normal resting state, they're just in this inactive state wrapped around blood vessels. And when they activate, they detach from the blood vessel and uh, signal the microenvironment to go into healing mode. Mm -hmm. So when you give a burst intravenously, you essentially trick the body into thinking that there's been an injury 
and you go into hyperhealing mode. There was a very interesting uh, mouse study, and I remember the woman who told this, quoted this study. I heard her give it at a, at a meeting, and she had this very high voice, and on top of it, she was kind of pretty and young, which made it all even weirder. But she was talking about this mouse study where they took these mice and they they injured their they, they essentially induced a macular degeneration by injecting chemicals into their eye. Man, so it sucks to be a mouse today. Yeah, I mean this is really a bummer for the if you're a mouse. So then they did these biopsies and showed the vascular damage. Then they burned the mice. God. Yeah, I know. And, and this woman's telling the story, and we're all just sitting there going, "Ugh." But by burning the mice, they waited a period of a month after the burn, and then they did another biopsy of the eye and found that their macular degeneration had improved. Because of the burn. Exactly. Because and, and they truth, put the- truth be told, just to disclose mm-hmm. this, um, they do anesthetize the mice before they burn them, so they don't feel the burn. True, but then you still have a burn. Still sucks. Still sucks for the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Some some people are like horrified. I'm like, well, at least they're minimizing suffering. I got to give them points for that. So theoretically, by giving stem Mm -hmm. cells intravenously, what we're doing is tricking your body into thinking that you've had this sort of systemic insult without Mm -hmm. actually having been injured, and you get all the benefit of a healing response without actually having been injured. Okay, that's pretty profound. One of the things that I've been doing lately is uh, I've been exercising with compression bands on a device called a Vasper. So it, you're on ice, and, and I did a podcast uh, with a Vasper creator recently. But one of the things it does is it tricks the body into thinking that you um, have done several hours of exercise by creating a big pulse of lactic acid. So you only exercise for 20 minutes, but you get the lactic acid of two and a half hours of exercise. So the body's like, better make growth hormone, you know, better upregulate hormone production. And this kind of reminds me of that same approach where we're sending these signals in. Do you do anything else or can people listening do anything else to sort of either create a signal like that at home or to amplify the signal with stem cells? Any thoughts come to mind? You know, I believe in the four pillars of health, which is good sleep, good diet, uh, good sleep, good diet, getting your emotional needs met, and then exercise. And I think if you're doing, you know, getting a B or a B plus in those four areas, you're doing good. I think okay. you can you can get real fancy with all of this. And for most people listen, in the world and most people listening, if you just hit, hit all four of those things and shoot for a B in all of them, then you're going to get an exponential effect in your overall health. All right. Let's switch gears a bit. I got a text message a few months ago uh, from a mutual friend saying, Dave, Harry's in the hospital. He had a massive stroke. Aye, aye, aye. Right, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like you know, you're you're one of the more forward-thinking stem cell guys, and and there was concern about whether you'd ever be functional again. Oh man, oh man, what happened? So uh, after my record year, all this good stuff happening in my life, Doceri Clinics had a record 2016, largely thanks to you, and largely thanks for speaking at the Bulletproof Conference and everything. Um, I was Christmas Eve. At home with my wife, uh, we're leaving for New York the next day, long-awaited vacation. My wife asked me a question, and I went to make a smart-ass remark, and I couldn't remember words. Wow, that's kind of scary. It was very scary. And so we went to the hospital, and here in Park City, they transported me to the big hospital, and I kept having strokes. I, you know, they would I'd sort of get better, and then it would get worse, and they couldn't. You're having more than one stroke. Basically. It was lots of little strokes, wow. but there were. I had two periods where I completely lost the ability to speak for a couple hours, 
And I'll tell you, it is a very unpleasant sensation. So um, on day three, the surgeon comes in, sits down on my bed and says, well, good news is we figured out why you keep having strokes. The bad news is you have a bacterial infection of your heart and you have to have a valve replacement open heart surgery in two weeks. I said, excuse me? So, uh, yeah, uh, two weeks later, I had a seven-hour open-heart surgery on the cardiac bypass machine for seven hours. Uh, as you can, you know, I lost 20 pounds in muscle. La- th- when we did this uh, podcast a little over a year ago, <laughs> you, yeah, were you, were. Tw- you were 30 pounds lighter, and I was 20 pounds heavier. We switched. <laughs> yeah, I put on a little bit of muscle since then. So, right? yeah, it was, it was, you know, I asked these guys from the infectious disease specialists to the to the cardiologist, to the cardiothoracic surgeons, they all just said, one in 100,000, you've hit the lucky jackpot. No idea how you got it. No idea, and they all said, quit trying to play junior detective because you will never know. There's no dental disease, there's no, my next door neighbor is a uh, orthodontist, he's done you know, CAT scan of, of my teeth, I mean, I have no gingivitis, I mean, I have none of the risk factors, it wow. was just crazy so, luck. So. You had, did you have permanent brain damage from that or any kind of brain damage? No, the the good news about the types of strokes that, because what it is is you get these accumulations of bacteria on your uh, aortic valve and then they break off. Okay. So it's just debris, these little, it's little buckshots. They weren't clots though, okay, good. So it's not, yeah, it's not, it wasn't a massive stroke. It was hundreds of tiny little strokes. Wow. That, you know, I still am having a little trouble speaking, but I'm only three months out. So yeah. at six months, they said I should be completely recovered. Okay. But I'll tell you, I mean, it was uh, it was a very frightening experience because it, you know, it, it really made me realize how random the universe can be. So my the upside is in recovery. So I'm in the hospital, all, all messed up. My wife gave me Vishen Lakiani's book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Great and book, yeah. Yeah. Brother, you guys should read that book. Um, I uh, I recommend it. Interviewed Vision for it, but mm-hmm. read it. Okay, so what happened when you read it? So I got into the part where he he was talking about a period in his career where he was being where every he was being very successful, but he realized that a small key and a point of 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 attention in his life had shifted, where he was no longer working for his passion. But instead, he was working just to sort of prove to himself. I mean, yeah. it was this this small little psychic shift that occurred. And I read that, and I realized that over the last year, I had become very comfortable in my little world. And I had a great year. I mean, we did 500 stem cell procedures here in this clinic, and we helped a lot of people at a deep level. But I had sort of created this little emotional and psychic corral for myself. And... I need to break that. So what we'll talk about at the conference is my commitment to Bulletproof and to Dave Asprey and to you, the listeners out there, is I'm my goal is to bring stem cell medicine to the people at an affordable price and create mm-hmm. a self-sustaining system to provide at least platelet-rich plasma and stem cell procedures at no cost to the medically underserved. And we'll talk more about that when the time is appropriate. That's one of the things that just drives me nuts. I'm a professional biohacker at this point. Like I fly around and I do interesting procedures and I invest money in my quest to live to 180. Mm -hmm. 
And people are saying, well, when is this ever going to be accessible? And, and the first cell phones were $50,000 and took up the whole trunk of your car, and they were $10 a minute, right? And now they're almost free. The first sequence of the human genome, Craig Venter, $100 million in whatever, 10 years. And I remember I, I helped one of the companies had a whole floor of a data center just to store his genome, right? And now you can store your genome on your iPhone, probably anyway. And you can certainly uh, get it done for 1500 bucks. So this happens over the course of 20 years. And what you can do with this is you can take something that today runs about five grand and make it much, much more affordable so that people who have arthritis and are on fixed income, there's no reason they should have arthritis. Like we can fix that. The number one leading cause of disability worldwide is musculoskeletal pain. Mm -hmm. And you've got a, a hack for that. Mm -hmm. It's just slightly make, too expensive. We got to make it accessible and yeah. affordable. But it's not fifty thousand dollars. Like, you know, I'm sure. No, no. In fact, you know what you, what the total bill was for the procedures they did to save your life? It must have been half a million dollars at least. Open oh, heart it, surgery. Was, it was up close to that. Yeah. yeah. So you look at, at those numbers, which is something that a lot of people spend when they have their, mm -hmm. their federally mandated insurance and all that. And then you look at an expenditure of $5,000 that's not insurable right now. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it should be covered by insurance. But if it's not, if you can get it down to $500 mm -hmm. and you're going to relieve yourself of pain so you can go back to work or you can go back to whatever's, whatever's important to you, I, I, I think that's a... a pretty damned important mission, mm -hmm. Harry, and it, it's a good one. Yeah, thanks. And I thank you, Vishen Lakiani, if you're listening to this. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll text him this yeah. afterwards. <laughs> I'll make sure. Vishen, I uh, got to be friends. Uh, he did 40 years of Zen, and mm -hmm. he's, uh, he's a fantastic human being. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's refreshing to hear when one guest on Bulletproof Radio ends up mm -hmm. affecting another one. Mm -hmm. Just the universe kind of lines up that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. What did you do to speed your own healing? Oh, gosh. Well, reading Vishen's book was a big part of okay. it. I mean, that was calming my mind down because the, the, the most traumatic part of it was psychic. I mean, yeah. it was very, it was terrifying. Of course, fear of death, right? Yeah, there was a little medical mistake. They, I, I, they had to have me lay perfectly flat in the bed, you know, and that was, that's part of it is because if you sit up, then that, that stuff rushes, you know, then all that debris rushes into your brain. Well, they had a little goof up where the physical therapist came in and didn't read the chart and had me stand up and oh, go no. yeah, and I thought she was getting instructions from the from the neurologist and I stood up and that was the biggest stroke that I had. My wife was watching. I mean it was really awful. So you know it was really just a very terrifying experience and I would say getting through it and doing everything that I could to hold on to the positivity and turn it into a positive experience rather than focus on the negativity yeah. because it was a very, very scary thing. That's what gratitude's for. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the middle of the, the book tour for Headstrong. So I've been uh, traveling around and giving talks in seven cities to several hundred people just about mm -hmm. mitochondria and all this. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the guys came up to me and he had like tears in his eyes and he's like, Dave, um, when I talked to you uh, about two years ago on a, on a coaching call, you know, one of my family members was dying of cancer and you told me that I had to learn to be grateful for the cancer. Mm -hmm. and he's like, and I thought you were such an asshole at the time. <laughs> he goes, but, but I actually, I, I did have to do that. Like I worked through it. Mm -hmm. And you know, now, even though I, I did lose my family member, mm -hmm. but like I, my emotions about it are very different. 
So yeah, being able to shift this to the point you did is it's it's very it, it's it's so important for healing, and it's something that I don't know that they teach you in medical school. Not have, having not gone to medical school, but you know, the power of gratitude is mm-hmm. massive. Mm-hmm. Did you, you know, as soon as you were out, did you gather your stem cells and infuse the hell out of them? Did you um, inject your heart scars? I mean, you have done. You're you've got you've got more ability to hack yourself than most humans. I actually, that's true. I did, and I made a decision to not micromanage the cardiothoracic surgeons or try to outgas wow. them. And I, I, in in a rare instance of <laughs> self control, I decided to just fall in that instance to follow medical advice and not mess with it too much because I figured there was enough is, weird stuff happening. I didn't want to throw wow. anything else at it. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. I mean, I did do a little bone marrow derived stem cells into my sternum because I was having yeah. a little trouble with a non-union. Okay. Um, and actually when we, uh, I am getting a stem cell treatment is, in the next couple of days. Uh, intravenous. intravenous I, I would have thought you'd be hitting that like every week. Uh, well, the trouble is that I don't have a lot of fat, so. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, okay. Uh, but yeah, sure, I will be doing things, but. Um, well, let, let's talk about this not having uh, very much fat. I'm sure everyone interested here is, mm-hmm. is, is looking for that. And mm-hmm. one of my happy t- moments was when I was, uh, I think I was in, in Florida getting mm-hmm. fat taken for the second time. They're like, you don't have very much left. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm winning, being you know, formerly a obese person. But it is possible, and, and in a lot of the world, you get your fat taken once, and then they culture your stem cells, and they can grow them and amplify them, so you just have them banked. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I do have my stem cells banked, mm-hmm. and it, it's uh, um, it's a, a gray zone, mm-hmm. right? What's what's your take on banking stem cells on on you know the regulatory environment? Mm-hmm. Should we be allowed to do it? Should people leave the country mm-hmm. to do it? Like like let's let's talk about that because sure. it seems important. So let me tell you about two things. I'm gonna tell you about banking your cells mm-hmm. and answer your question, and then I want to tell you about umbilical cord stem cells. Oh yeah, yeah, this other source of stem cells. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, it is possible to bank your cells. Uh, It is possible to bank your cells in the U.S. The part that's difficult is there's a very small window of spectrums where it's legal to actually use them. Mm. Um, So currently it is very much a gray area. There are a small number of laboratories that will culture expand your cells and will uh, deliver them to you. Um, I'm not getting involved with that at this point yeah. because my goal is to stay on the cutting edge and stay off the bleeding edge. Uh, at this point, that's not permitted. If you have some, and also because I work with musculoskeletal pain conditions, I haven't found it to be necessary. I used to work closely with a, uh, a laboratory, a stem cell laboratory in Bogota, Colombia. So for my patients that wanted culture expansion, we would go to Bogota. I'd meet them in Bogota. We'd do the treatments there. I've just found for musculoskeletal pain conditions, it's just not necessary. Okay. You don't need to make the trip. It's too expensive. You know, just doing the same day autologous you know, stem cells from yourself seems to work just fine. Okay. If you have something, if you have a really hideous disease, if you have uh, Parkinson's, you know, if you have kids with profound autism and you want to do you know, the sort of embryonic stem cells or the, you know, all of these mm-hmm. other things, yes, by all means, there are a number of good outfits outside of the country, most notably uh, the Stem Cell Institute in Panama, uh, Panama City in Panama. Umbilical cord stem cells are now available in the US. Um, I have just started working with a laboratory here in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. What they do is they very rigorously screen these pregnant women, healthy pregnant women. They put them through a very uh, 
pro- detailed uh, interview process. They buy the umbilical cord from them. Then once they have the umbilical cord, then they run it through laboratory tests and screen it for every imaginable communicable disease as well as uh, diseases of the DNA. Okay. Um, once it's been cleared, they make them available to doctors for sale. The, I, but the stem cells, so not this the umbilical is, cords, this is, right? This is mesenchymal stem cells from umbilical cord. Okay. So this is not from an embryo. This is from a normal baby that's been delivered and is healthy, and the umbilical cord goes to the laboratory, and the stem cells are isolated from the umbilical cord and sold to doctors. I got them in because what I found is that I get consistently good results using people's own stem cells until people hit about 75 years old. Then I have about half the people do well and the other half it just completely drops off. So there's two types of people that I generally offer umbilical cord stem cells to be used Mm -hmm. along with their bone marrow and fat stem cells. People 75 and older and the bulletproof crowd (laughs) (laughs) because... You know, Dave, you want to try any? I, I had some. I think you put them in IV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yesterday. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, and the people who are think like you do and and follow your show and follow, you know, go to the conference, they are interested in experimenting on themselves. And this is something that, as far as we know, for the literature that does exist, it mm-hmm. does appear to be safe. Yeah. My parents got these too, right? Mm-hmm, that's so, right. So I, to record this episode, we're here in Park City, and for Christmas, I got my parents' uh, stem cell procedures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we flew out to get them treated here with Dr. Harry. And the idea there is my dad's having some cognitive dysfunction. He went on blood pressure medication that I suggested he might not want to go on, but hey, he's my dad. He can do what he's going to do. And he, it turns out he just didn't have enough blood flow in his brain, which is very common in older people, mm-hmm. and it caused some calcification in his brain, which is not a good thing. So he got vertigo and some other problems mm-hmm. like that that really were affecting him. And I got in my hyperbaric chamber and, and some infrared lights and th- some things like that that were managing his symptoms perfectly. So if he did that every day, he doesn't have any symptoms. Mm-hmm. But let's get him younger. Yeah. And I, I would like uh, him and my mom, who's had some mm-hmm. complications from brain surgery years ago, mm-hmm. like I'd like to keep him around for a very long time. So I think this is a, a wise investment. and. Honestly, if it if it keeps them out of needing, uh, you know, like a, a nurse or something like mm-hmm. that, twenty years from now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cool. It, it was it was actually a, a, a meaningful investment mm-hmm. as well as investment in quality of life for them. Mm-hmm. So I was happy that you were able to to deliver the cutting edge stuff, Harry. And they're lovely, they're, by the way. They're very oh, very pleasant thanks. pleasant people. Yeah, they're they're good parents. I like mm-hmm. to think so. The uh, embryonic stem cells are different than the umbilical cord stem cells, though. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of misconception about people who are against embryonic stem cells. So, you know, when people people mistakenly throw around terms like aborted fetuses or yeah. aborted babies or that sort of thing. So when we're talking, so the, the controversial stem cell is mm-hmm. embryonic stem cell. Right. And there are people who as soon as, you know, they, they say they're just against that. So Yeah, it creates an, an emotional response. They stop thinking when you which, say those words. Which right. is fine. However, I think those people should really understand what an embryonic stem cell is. Mm-hmm. So where, so a woman is unable to conceive. So mm-hmm. she goes to an in vitro fertilization doctor. And in, that's a specialist in fertility. Mm-hmm. And it's a surgical procedure where they give the woman some medications so they grow extra eggs. 
and then the surgeon removes those eggs. Then he has the male donate sperm, puts the sperm and the eggs in a Petri dish, and creates an embryo. An embryo is eight cells. It's a ball of eight cells. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's that. It's an eight cell of you know of these stem cells. Um, the surgeon then picks the four or five best looking ones, the ones that look the, the healthiest, and they put them back in the woman. Best looking embryos, not cells. The, yeah. the embryos that look right. the healthiest. The remaining embryos, eight, balls of eight cells, go into a freezer for time immemorial, till kingdom come. They go in that freezer and they never come out. They're never used for anything else. Those are the ones, when we talk about embryonic stem cells, that's what we use. Mm -hmm. So if you're a frozen embryo from an IVF lab, you can either be in a freezer forever, mm -hmm. or you could potentially become a life-saving stem cell for some form of research or some form of treatment. That's it. You know, that is where, when we talk okay. about embryonic research, it, that's where they come from. So, okay. And, and are they using these to treat people, or are they, these are using these for research on understanding? Well, mostly they're used for research when they're used at all. Yeah, but this is the one that's so unusual. controversial. Okay, right. But I just, you know, I like to point out that if okay. you're against stem cell research or, or use of embryonic stem cells, you really should be against in vitro fertilization because... Because you, know, you have all these little embryos that are frozen forever. Sitting in the freezer forever, they're never going to go anywhere. They just okay. can't be disposed of because that's disposing of them is controversial also. Got it, because that would be the same as... Mm -hmm. as but somehow abortion. sticking them in a freezer until, you know, the end of time, then that seems okay. Kind of like the life in prison sentence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have uh, the embryonic stem cells that are used in research, but those aren't used for treating people. We have the umbilical cord, which... Frankly, most people end up throwing them away. They get mm -hmm. incinerated, mm -hmm. right? So th these were mm -hmm. wasted, and a few people bank their cord blood. Is it a good idea to bank your kid's cord blood? Absolutely. Okay. Got it. Now, if you uh, if you decide not to bank your, your kid's cord blood, you could either donate or sell mm -hmm. your umbilical cord. Mm -hmm. And what's the going rate for umbilical cords? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what curious. they pay for them. I don't know. No idea? All right. No one in We'd the room We'd have to knows. ask. But the, the company that I've been uh -huh. using is they're called Predictive Biotech. Okay. Their website is Pred Biotech, P-R-E-D Biotech. Okay. And they list their products on there, and we, we're carrying them now. Yeah. So in addition and to uh, using stem cells from fat with bone marrow, we will additionally use, if people want to, mm -hmm. it's not for everybody, and it's not appropriate for everybody, but... Uh, we will use these umbilical cord stem cells. Now, you put some of that in my face yesterday, right? Well, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Amy did. Yeah, Amy Dr. Did. Amy's sitting in here. Yeah. Um, she injected them into your face. Right. Face. So, we had, mm -hmm. so I had the umbilical stem cells, and I had my own fat-derived stem cells mm -hmm. uh, put in. And we'll see if I look even younger. And I did all of my hair. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we did the the IV, but I... I was I was kind of bummed. I'm here. I'm like I don't have any pain and no like no injury. Like I have nothing that needs yeah, that needs your skill set. I wasn't really that bummed by that, but uh, you know it, it, it's a good it's a good thing that the treatment we did a year ago was really effective. So I I'm I'm functionally stronger than I was yeah, before. That's great. That's great. Uh, what other technologies and stem cells are exciting to you? You know, we're, the, the biggest thing that we've just started employing now are these umbilical cord stem cells. Okay. And I think, you know, the next step is going to be culture expansion, which 
hopefully over the next few years will become, you know, right now it's very much a gray area. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, but once it's sort of, we have some stance on uh, whether or not it's acceptable to do that, then that's the next thing I'd like to start doing that, with people. That's one of the, the nastier things that happens in innovation around hacking the human body. It's that things aren't illegal, but they aren't legal. And, and that is the biggest, just like if you want to stick a, a spoke in someone's bicycle wheel, you do that. So no one knows if they're allowed to do stuff. So then most people won't do it because if you have, you know, 12 years of, of investment in medical school <laughs> and all that, and your license is at risk and you don't know what's allowed. And the, the cool thing is for people like me who experiment on ourselves, uh, well, what do you do? Take away my, my biohacker license to manage my own biology. Like if you try and do that, you're now stepping on inalienable rights. And like that is a constitutional issue, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Right. But that means that if someone like me wants to say, you know, culture expand my stem cells, I don't generally have the knowledge and skills or technology and equipment to do that. And if I want to do that, there's probably a million dollars in crap I'd have to somehow figure out how to afford and then learn and then I'd stop recording podcasts and that's just not going to happen. So then we end up taking professional athletes and uh, billionaires. And I work with a good number of very wealthy people who are doing everything they can to live forever and more importantly, to feel really good right now. <laughs> like that's a big part of it. And they're fine to take their private jets to other countries and all that. It's just not fair that they get to do it and the rest of us don't. And it's not fair that we could do it for much cheaper here, but it's blocked. And it's not blocked because people, because doctors are unwilling to do it or because it's unsafe. It's blocked because of regulatory stuff. And one of my goals with Bulletproof is just to get people aware of what's really happening because when there is demand, the supply will manifest itself and the regulations will shift more quickly. And when there's you know 100,000 people who hear this show in the first week and they're like, calling around going, I really, really want some stem cells because I have this knee or this back or this pain. And whether they come out here to Park City or not, all the people listening couldn't fit in your clinic in a year. Uh, what will happen though is, is they will, they'll change demand and people will hear that and then that'll make the regulatory people go, I guess we should allow it. And when that happens, the cost drops through the floor. And when you do what you're doing, some of the stuff you're gonna talk about at the Bulletproof Conference, around just pushing the price of stem cells really far down. Uh, I think that's also a game changer. It, it's accessibility, it's affordability, and you gotta have biohackers to lead the edge there because you can't take our license. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> awesome, anything else on the stem cell frontiers that we should talk about, anything exciting to you? I think that's it. I hope that everyone listening, I hope to see you at the Bulletproof Conference in Pasadena, October 13th through the 15th. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to your talk there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Harry, thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. Thanks again, Dave. And thanks for treating my parents, too. That's really cool. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them stronger and more youthful. That's, I think that's they're cool. going to do great. If you enjoyed today's show, you know what to do. A couple things. You can always leave a, re a review for the show. I'm, I'm happy to see that. You can head on over to the Bulletproof website, and you can pick up your latest uh, subscription for Brain Octane Oil, which is a source of exogenous ketones that makes your brain feel amazing, turns off cravings, goes in Bulletproof Coffee, goes on every meal that I eat. I just sprinkle some on there, especially when I travel. And if you haven't read Headstrong, it's time to read it. There's really cutting edge stuff in there. I write about stem cells a little bit and a lot about this, this power plant in your body because when, you're, when your mitochondria are working, you have more energy and that energy 
goes towards doing better things. And the more energy you have, the nicer you are to everyone else. So read the book, share with your friends, and please leave a review on Amazon. It makes a huge difference. Thank you. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.